breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Newly elected Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joining us. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, first of all, congratulations on your reelection. Thank you, my friend. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on right now. You guys are going to be participating in the Macy's Parade again this year, from what I understand. Yeah, this will be the third year uh, that that Super Gator will be crawling down the streets of New York. Uh, great opportunity for us to get people excited about coming to Louisiana. Uh, between the two parades, uh, Macy's and Rose, it's an estimated audience of 6.4 billion people for an ad value of over $60 million. Wow. Uh, just incredible exposure for Louisiana. Who's going to be riding on that float in the Macy's parade? Well, Aaron well, and I, of course. We don't ride. Yeah, we don't ride in the Macy's Parade. We have performers. Okay. And we're putting a group together this year to do a kind of a lawn dance uh, in front of the main stage. Uh, so there'll be some local musicians that'll be putting this together. Uh, you know, last year, of course, we had John Batista first year, trombone shorty. So we've, we've had great uh, ambassadors for Louisiana. And then, of course, with the Rose Parade, Laney Wilson last year, this year, it's a it's a Mardi Gras theme for the Rose Parade. Uh, it's uh, because the the theme is music, the universal language. So, what better way than have Mardi Gras music and put a real dance show on for the uh, audience for that parade? So, we're excited about both parades to kick off Mardi Gras this year. We've got the state fair going on right now as we speak, and luckily, it looks like great weather week for them. Finally, um, how big a deal is that for this region? It's big. Listen, we were in Dallas. We did the restaurant takeover of 17 restaurants in Dallas um, last week with 17 chefs from around Louisiana. Uh, besides the great food we provided in those restaurants, people talked about the state fair coming over for it. They talked about Mardi Gras in North Louisiana. So a great market for North Louisiana, both uh, for those special events and just to visit. So uh, it, it's a great draw for us. You know, I tell people we don't give enough credit to all the fairs and festivals that work year-round to put on these great events uh, that we get to use to promote Louisiana. Uh, and those teams that work year-round, those are all volunteers. So uh, we've got great assets to promote Louisiana that other states don't have. How good a feeling must it be, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, to have uh, our Mardi Gras situation put to bed and ready to roll this February. But I can't thank Stacy, the tourism team. They're incredible people working with the mayor. The mayor uh, stepped out and stepped up and worked out all of the issues with the crews. And there again, just like the fairs and festivals, those crews, those people in Mardi Gras crews put up their money. They work year round. And, uh, and they give us that great tool in our toolbox to promote Louisiana, Mardi Gras, all over Louisiana. So we can't thank the crews enough for what they do 
uh, to draw the millions of visitors to Louisiana. And, you know, since I got elected, I committed to promote Mardi Gras in every corner of the state. And every year we see uh, visitors from all over the country and all over the world um, fly in to Dallas and Houston, rent cars, and come to Mardi Gras in Louisiana. So it's not just New Orleans. Uh, We're growing Mardi Gras all over Louisiana. And it takes a a combined effort of elected officials and the crews to work together. And I'm glad we got everything worked out. Let's talk politics a minute. You got uh, election night. You got reelected. Pretty much a Republican sweep across the state. Jeff Landry is our governor-elect now. How closely do you anticipate being able to work with him? A little bit more smooth sailing ahead for your office, you hope? Well, I think, you know, uh, I had a good work relationship with John Bell. Uh, I committed to work with him where we disagreed. We did it in in private. Uh, And I'm going to work good with Jeff. We've got a lot of the same political uh, philosophies. Uh, I I know Jeff is aggressively wanting to make some real changes. Uh, And he's... uh, he told me he's going to work with me on my budget and make sure we continue to grow tourism and improve in the state parks. So I'm excited about the future. Uh, a lot of good people ran for legislative seats this year that really care about making some changes and really leaning forward. And, and we need to do all we can to improve Louisiana. Uh, I always like to say not just what we got to do to get reelected. We've got to lean forward and work really hard uh, and we're going to pull this state back up and compete with our neighboring states. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nunn, guests there. Of course, Halloween behind us. Uh, we've got some holiday celebrations get, gearing up for uh, the Arklatex area. What's going What's going to be happening? Well, we're excited about the, the, the lights across North Louisiana. It's always a big draw. And as I always tell people, invite your family and friends home for the holidays don't go out of town and see them get them to come here and do their shopping and see all the great uh, christmas decorations and special events all over louisiana and surely north louisiana puts on a great show Um, so we're excited about promoting those all over louisiana and i'll tell you the tourism team up there has been doing a great job they're going to be hosting the national travel association uh we're also going to be hosting the diamond youth baseball world series in July, over 5,000 people expected to attend that. Um, so a lot of great things happening for North Louisiana, improving the tourism industry up there, and the future looks bright for the tourism industry. One last thing, and it's kind of politically related. You have to just be grinning ear to ear when you learn Mike Johnson is now Speaker of the House, and our area got Googled millions and millions of times people were looking for who is mike johnson where is bozier city uh how huge is that i mean we don't even think about the tourism implications but that comes with it doesn't it absolutely yeah people are gonna want to go see where this guy is from he is just makes louisiana so proud he's actually one of the smartest people i ever met he knows the law inside and out and he speaks with a very uh, commanding voice uh, but he doesn't get, he, he gets his point across in a subtle way. Just a great ambassador for Louisiana. I couldn't be more proud. And, and he's one of the finest people I've ever met uh, as far as his love and passion for Louisiana. But, but having the smarts and the way to articulate it to the public in a way uh, that hopefully, I, I really believe if anybody can work across the aisle and get some things passed, Uh, He's the guy that can do it, and I'm just so proud of him 
and what he's going to be able to do for Louisiana and for this country. Bringing some bacon home, we hope, huh? Absolutely. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, thank you, sir. Hope you have a great weekend in front of you. You too, my friend. Y'all have a great weekend. Thanks. 1017 FM, 710 Kilo, Mike. Of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. to tell you first of all i'm so happy i'm feeling better i went i went home yesterday i i i hit the chair hit the couch mm-hmm. till like 6 30 oh good I you mean, were having was, a, like a sinus thing coming yeah on. yeah still still there a little bit but it's mucho better are you are you likely to get something when the weather we have a yes. weather change like that ah okay yes i'm for some reason susceptible to that ah that's what it is it then. is oh yeah I, okay in, in fact uh, before i started taking like a zyrtec every night just prophylactically fend it off all, yeah uh, yeah and it's helped a lot okay um but before i started doing that and that's been years now uh, I mean, twice a year, it would be like, it would hit me. It'd put me down for two or three days. Oh my. It'd be like the worst flu you ever, you know what I mean? Yes, it was just exactly. Horrible. Mm. But, uh, so not, not too bad. So I'm just, I'm real, real happy. A little chilly this morning. My car actually said 39. So it was colder than it was the other day. By the way, that's a good point. I was going to mention that, uh, for anybody that's that's just getting up, you might want to give yourself a minute to defrost your car if you parked outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had to, I had to run mine for a few minutes, and I didn't yesterday. So no, I'm, same, I'm, same I was here. like, "Wow, it's it's actually definitely colder." You can tell, and I, I, we have a coworker who who's left her car out front because they're traveling. Oh yeah, and I looked at it today; it's like iced over. Yeah, I mean, there's six inches of snow on your car, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm just kidding. But it, yeah, it's it's much colder today. I almost lost my sh- stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff last night. We mm-hmm. were watching watching the news, and they were talking about the increased terror threat now for us yes. in America because of all this going on in the Middle East, and of course we see the lunacy that's happening on our own, and, and I say this parenthetically, elite mm-hmm. college campuses. Right. That people are supporting terror groups. And, uh. and anti-Semitism is, 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 it's in vogue now. Right. It's, it's apparently the cool thing to hate and want to kill uh, Jewish people. Mm. And Aaron, and they made, but they made a comment last night, and I almost, jumped up out of the chair and they said, you know, the increased terror threat on our own soil, the White House says, we don't know who is in our country. <laughs> and I looked at my wife. Uh, no, you don't know. You have no Because clue. you're not vetting anybody that's coming across the border. Did you see what Mayorkas said? You're just letting anybody come across from Mexico. If they get into Mexico, they can come into America unimpeded. He's now admitted. rocket launchers and grenade launchers. They have admitted they do know that one, at least, 
And what they don't know is the scary part. They have admitted at least 172 people on the terror, on the terror. watch list yes. Yes. have made it into our country at the, at the borders. If you think sleeper cells aren't in, in action right now and that's in what they our admit, country, you know? Wow. Right, those are the ones that they admit Jeez. to knowing about. How many more if do they not know about? you think they're not planning about? right now, uh, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. And how many terrorists were involved in 9-11? A dozen? Was it a dozen? Oh, it was the actual... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. How many terrorists were, right. were in on planning that and, and carrying that out? Probably and, and, a dozen, and maybe 20. We know, we know there's at least 200. You Seriously. Think- Aaron, I, I almost lost. I almost lost it. I know it's really. The White House admits we don't know who's in our country mm-hmm. because yeah. you're letting anybody in. We have an right. open border. Exactly. Even though they say everything's secure on the border, no, it <sighs> isn't. No, it isn't. It's not secure. There, there are more people lining up coming in as we talk right now. Coming in. <sighs> And who knows who they are? No. Yeah, yeah. And if Nobody. You think, if you think us near the the second large landmass Air Force base in the country, if, if I'm re- remembering that correctly, uh, you think we're not a target? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no kidding. It's frightening. It really is. Well, it, it's angering mm-hmm. is, is what it is. Yes, definitely. Mike Johnson was on uh, Hannity. Hannity was live. Uh, last night in Washington, mm-hmm. and it was very, very, very interesting. Yeah, he had he had Johnson along with several mm-hmm. uh, representatives and congressmen and women. Uh, I'm telling you, Mike Johnson does us proud. Yeah, he really does. He I, did a great job. So proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking, taking a look at news coming up uh, next. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Now, don't tell me who won the World Series because I'm going to watch it when I get home. <laughs> Us. You already know. had sports this morning. I wasn't listening. Now, don't tell me. That crazy <laughs> that I watch sports like that. I'm like, I want to watch it I at just, my leisure. I just watched the Saints game last night. Mm-hmm. The, I know. The Saints Colts game. Yep. I just watched it last night because our local Fox affiliate didn't carry our local sports team. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't watch it live on Sunday. Yeah, I know. It's but it, sad. it is the only way to watch because. Right. Okay, now it's back to the action. <laughs> okay, here we go. Exactly. So I yeah no I know Texas won don't I'm not I'm just being silly That's, and I I would have bet you when they said this was Texas's first World Series win right in ever, 63 years I would have bet again I would have said oh yeah they've won it before right I was right. certain they'd won oh, it before oh that's what you meant earlier I thought you meant you didn't think they would win no I thought they had won one before right. I was certain they had yeah no not true this is their first ever. That's yeah. exciting. Very That's cool. Really Congratulations. Exciting. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. It was a it was a good series. The Diamondbacks were overmatched. I mean, just truth be known, bats weren't good enough. You got to have good bats. Okay, is it I, I hesitate to even bring this up. Is it just me or when they say the D-backs? 
Yeah, that sounds that, funny. Yeah, okay. I don't like that. Because it's it's isn't it too close to something else? Yeah, I don't like that. Okay. I'm not I'm not a fan of that either. So Okay, it's not just me. No, no, it's not just you. Okay, good. And you know who was at the game? Our buddy Jerry May. He w- he went to the oh, game last night. He had a ball in Arizona. Like, wherever it w- no, it was at Arlington last night, I believe. I don't think so. He, eight hours ago, Arlington, Texas. Really? Now, were they having a, was it just a party maybe they were having in Arlington? Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. he wasn't at the game, but he was at a big maybe party at Arlington. Maybe it was a party there. That could be it, yeah. I'm like, that was, he looks like he's having a grand old time. So. Right. They probably had a big party at the stadium there. Sure, yeah. That could be what it is. But it, yeah, he's a big fan too, so it's exciting. It's exciting for Texas. Yes. And you know what? That That is our baseball team because we don't have one in New Orleans. That's our closest baseball team. Right. I know a lot of folks sure. love Houston, but the Rangers, I remember oh, going yes. to games over there when my kids were little because they would love to go to baseball games and have a blast and saw um, saw that famous Yankees game where it was like 22 to 20 or something. It was, I mean, they kept hitting the ball. Everybody was hitting. The bat boy took a took a turn <laughs> and hit and hit the ball he out of the outfit. Hit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, that was a crazy game. Oh, Lord. Fun. Mm. Congrats to the Rangers and all the fans. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarthy. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Are you freaked out by my wife if she sees a a nightcrawler doing the wiggling thing, okay? She's so afraid of snakes. Oh, yeah, I'm deathly afraid of snakes. Deathly afraid of snakes. Oh, absolutely. It's second on my list to mice. (laughs) As As you look around the room. Well, there was one in this building many, many, many years ago. You think it's still here? He's after he has all cousins. The re, after all the remodeling that's taken taken place, how many place. how many mice families do you know have single have <laughs> own one child? Well, they say if you see a roach in your home, there's a thousand more behind the right. wall. Right? They have you know? cousins and they have you know granddads and all that. So yeah, but it, I literally the the day that the mouse was in my office back there in the back, um, I did the show. We were on. KVKI at the time, I did the show with my feet on the counter <laughs> the whole time because I knew he was right, he was right. he's somewhere. Now you're making me look under. He he I don't know where he you went. You never know what's under there. Yeah, the, and they they typically are not on this side of the building. They're in the back by the by the you know woods back there. I'm not. I'm uh, trying to think if there's something that I just get irrational about. That's like, mine. Like a, a, you know, I'm not a big fan of spiders. I would say right. Um, but I'm not like freaking out. Like I remember no. in California uh, at my grandparents' house, they lived up in the mountains at this just picturesque little village at the base of the Sequoia Kings Canyon National Forest. Nice. Oh, it was just beautiful. And we were kind of hiking on on a on a road near their house and a tarantula <gasps> was crossing the road. And huh. this was pretty big. I mean, it was bigger than my hand. It was as big as my hand. Did you hear the news yesterday? A, a car a six-car pileup because of a tarantula <laughs> crossing the road. 
Camper slammed on its brakes for it. Yeah, anyway, well, sorry. So, no, so I'm like, okay, you know, get out of the road. Get out of yeah. the road. He's like in the middle of the road. So I get a stick, and I'm going to try to just brush him off. Yeah. Well, you see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Up the stick to your <laughs> arm. No, 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 no. I would not oh. let that happen. Um, but he wouldn't go, you know. And then here comes a car, so I get out of there. And I'm like. He got I, squished? Yeah. And you were trying to help him. I was like, I, and I went, I, I tried to tell you. I did, you go over and talk to him and you yelled did, at him. And I did. I went you, and yelled at him. You so yelled you, at a you, dead tarantula. If you don't listen to me. <laughs> trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Dumb bunny. But there, yeah. Aaron, there's there's a story on keelnews.com right now that um, there's these huge spiders in Louisiana. <gasps> They're uh, freaking huge. They don't even build webs. It's called the fishing spider. Oh, no. And they don't even build webs. They actually hunt. They live like in the woods and in trees. What? And they hunt. There's a... And I and again, I'm not just like irrational, but this there's a, there's a video on our website of one of these huge spiders eating... A bullfrog. <gasps> oh my caught. gosh! That wow, is nightmare. That it definitely is nightmare. <laughs> Holy cow! And I think if one dropped on me, if I were in the woods and one of those things bigger than your head dropped on you, Ooh, I would freak. I'd, I would. Freak. I would kind of freak. I would definitely freak. But and they no say about it. they're they're scary as hell looking. But they say they're actually very docile. They they don't hurt humans. They're okay. not dangerous to humans at all. Um, and they and they uh, so they're they're actually more beneficial. They they actually get rid of harmful insects and things. Okay. So as scary as they are, uh, you know, don't shoot it. I would be tempted to shoot one. Yeah, no kidding. But they're very docile and quite content to just sit in your hand. No, no, no that's what no, I'm saying. That's never happening. And it Never says happening. some people mistake them for tarantulas, uh, but they're not tarantulas. Okay. So it's oh, it's the, the the I think it's called the dark fishing spider, the, and they go underwater. Really? They, they freaking scuba dive. They're and swimmers. Get fish. Yeah, they go across the top of the water and they can go underwater. Golly! <laughs> so crazy. Talk about Halloween. Freaky. Anyway, I just, I didn't realize those were in Louisiana. Mm Mm-hmm. That's nuts. That really is nuts. So I was just, yeah, no, thank you. If, if you see that, that picture on keelnews.com, you'll see, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're pretty scary looking. Oh, not pleasant. But, uh, yeah. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) If something gets on my arm like that, like, like if. And if I flick them and, and, and it won't get off like immediately, then yeah. I kind of freak a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know. Not, no. But I think that goes back to wasps. Oh, wasps will get you. Yeah. Wasp, I know a lot yeah. of people are afraid of them. My I'm kids are fan. afraid of them. Not a fan. Not, no. Not a fan at all. Oh, Lord. Lord. Uh, there are reporters in town from national media. Mm-hmm. Looking for dirt on oh. our own Speaker of the House. They're trying to get anybody they can to cooperate with them and talk to them about Mike Johnson and the dirt. 
We're going to talk about that next hour. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710keel.com. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I got a call um, last, no, I guess it was early this week. Mm-hmm. This is Friday Eve. Early this week, uh, Robert called me, mm-hmm. and, and we were talking just about, he goes, oh, by the way, I got a call from a reporter from, uh, you know, the New York Post or Time, I don't know what it was. Yeah. One of the, one of the New York papers. And he says he he didn't answer. He had, you know, gotten a message. And the guy left a message saying, hey, this is, uh, you know, XYZ. I'm with uh, such and such newspaper. He goes, I'd really like to talk to you. And Robert goes, I don't know how he got my number. Ah, no kit, no telling. There's no telling. He says, I, uh, just so I want to touch base with you, get some, uh, get some background information on, uh, you know, Mike Johnson. I understand <laughs> you're, you, you know him. You know him real well, yeah. And Robert told me, he goes... Yeah, I'm going to call this guy back. Right, exactly. <laughs> Do you think it's a positive Dude. piece on Mike Johnson? Exactly. Any chance it's a positive piece? What a lovely gentleman he is. They're already vilifying him right. nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, an election denier. He's a right, far right-wing Christian. And the, the thing about those, and I've gotten texts from a lot of people who, the Washington Post is in town, the New York Times is in town. The reporters um, are in Shreveport, Bossier. They are digging up whatever they can. The ABC this week did a piece, was in town to talk to our mayor, to the Bossier Chamber president, to others. They're in town looking for whatever they can. And Do these you think they folks, went to San Francisco and asked about Nancy Pelosi? Do you think they call Nancy Pelosi an extremist? Hmm. A far left radical? Mike, she's not an extremist. What's he, wrong with you? Uh, okay, right. Come on. She's what every American loves. Uh-huh. Every American loves yeah, her. Yeah, she represents my values. The thing about these reporters, if you agree to talk to them, let me give you a heads up. They know exactly what they're doing. They're looking for one nugget that you're going to say, that right. they're going to be able to put in there. You know, Mike's had issues here or there. That may be 10 millibytes of what you've told. And that's the quote that's going to be in the headline. There's a scam he going. He has issues. There's a scam going around right now. These salespeople will call you and they will ask you, hey, how are you? Can you hear me? And if you say yes, they're recording that Yes. Then they'll go, hey, are you interested in this product at this price? And they have your recording saying, yes. So they uh, say, if you, if they say, hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Right. Answer, I can hear you. Or hang up on them. <laughs> yes. That's what I would do. I don't answer it anyway. If they do get through to you, so these, these reporters, reporters just know yeah. what they're doing. Oh. They're phrasing it. They want, they want, they can get exactly what they want mm-hmm. if you're not careful. Best thing is to just, if you don't want to be twisted, you know, do what Henry Whitehorn says. Just don't, re- don't reply to them. <laughs> Ignore them. 
See where I went there? It was it was smooth, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> uh, coming up, boy, our governor he's just he's just laying it out in his last few days. Yeah, uh, Representative Beryl Amity going to be joining us at seven ten, talking about these graduation standards softening. <laughs> That uh, that the governor the governor wants to enact. That's coming yeah. up. Mike and McCarty, one zero one seven FM, seven ten keel dot com. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, State Representative Beryl Amity joining us. Beryl, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, so apparently, Governor Edwards doesn't want to go along with the legislature's decision not to approve legislation to slacken graduation requirements. <laughs> Tell us what do you know about this? Well, we we assumed that he might do that, um, even though he's only got about two months left in office, and he's he can be pretty confident that when we come in next year, we're going to reverse that. We're going to remove that policy. Um, I guess he just felt like he's still the governor, and he can still reverse our uh, our decisions. Let me ask you this. Uh, state rep is the the policy really it's not in kind of in place yet until it's time for graduation so it's really kind of a moot point that for him to fight on this right now isn't it um i to me it is yes i suppose he feels that that's what he had to do um he he believes that having such a uh, a requirement where you can make all the the grades required and and basically do all the right things but fail one test and then be denied your diploma is is not fair and and truly when you lay it out that way it sounds like it's not fair but then we have to consider certain other points like what exactly does this test test it's supposed to be very minimal it's supposed to be very basic so it it begs the question if you can't pass that exit exam that test that they're using then um where have you been for the four years of high school and do you really know the content right well we know they they just promote students to promote them whether or not they can do the work or not sorry this this is a a byproduct of that that can be and um one of the one of the concerns was there are students who simply don't test well and we all know that some people have test anxiety and so on but you're supposed to have all of your credits. You're supposed to have already um, uh, accomplished getting all the required credits for graduation. And this test is just kind of a, a final checkbox. So tell me, <clears throat> if, you, if you really have such extreme test anxiety, how did you pass all your other courses? Mm-hmm. So you took a test along the way, up. yeah. My my question to you is, and and I don't know how upset it makes you, but when you have our state superintendent of education, that's his job. He's the expert in the room. Uh, along with you have our uh, one of our U.S. senators uh, sending you a video testimony saying that this is a horrible policy that Bessie has an, has enacted. But yet our governor is going to inter- intervene. Do we not care about what the experts think? I mean, the superintendent is sitting there before you saying 
we don't need to roll this back. We need to get even more tough. Make sure our kids are even better prepared to graduate. Right. If if you're sitting and trying to be um, just trying to consider all sides, then then you would hear the superintendent saying we need to be sure that we're even tougher. We even have higher standards. And then you hear the governor saying, well, no, there's just some people that some students that don't quite get to to do this last hurdle. So we're going to relieve them of that, give them another option. Well, if you don't know which one is true, then maybe you could look at some data, such as where Louisiana ranks among all the states. Um, Is it time to raise our standards or is it time to give some leniency for people who are just missing that final hurdle? It seems that while we're at the the bottom of many states, maybe it is time to raise the standards, don't you think? Mm, Maybe so. So where are we on this policy now? Is it in place now? And what what is the status of it? Can you help us with that? Well, I believe that it goes into place a little later this year. Um, uh, without going back to read it, I can't say for sure whether it affects the seniors this year, you know, the graduates of 2024 or right. not, because the way the policy was written one of the questions we had was, when does it go into effect? Uh, is it retroactive? I mean, could seniors who missed the diploma by just this one test from, oh, I don't know, uh, 2015, come back and say, I want to appeal. I want to do a project instead. Wow. That was unclear. It just, it was poorly written in that it didn't take care of when it goes into effect and and how, how does it ap- apply to uh, those who may have, missed their diploma last year, the year before, or 10 years ago. Talking with Beryl Amity, state representative. Beryl, so they say, okay, you can't pass this test. We're going to let you do a project. What are, what are the projects? Are they, are they set projects? Do they just build a volcano with, <laughs> with baking powder and tiddlywinks? Yeah. Soda and what, what are the projects that they have to do? Well, tiddlywinks, I hadn't heard that one in a while, but uh, well, the, I believe that the projects would need to be, and uh, uh, this is from browsing the uh, the policy. I believe the projects would need to be related to the the parts of the exam that you did not pass. For example, if if your scores were way too low in math, I believe that the project is going to need to be math related. But but still, um, what does the project entail? Who's going to judge the project? There was the question of if the high school that the student is trying to graduate from has final say over this project, well, there could be a little room for fishiness going on when you consider that the school is the one that would um, be um, harmed, Mm -hmm. so to speak, uh, by students not getting their diploma. Um, When students don't graduate, it's the schools that face some penalties and so why would you have the school that would face a penalty be the determining factor in whether the project is sufficient (laughs) that's a good point you might need a neutral third party yeah that's a good point i hadn't even thought of that well i'm sure the policy will be changed when we have a new administration take over you're pretty confident that's going to happen quickly yes i believe that will be um in in the first regular session if we need to spell something out in statute, then then we would. Um, if it's just a matter of 
of having some oversight committee hearings under a new administration, then we'll do that. So I expect that it, it will be overturned before the end of this school year. So those, those students who failed to get their diploma last school year and are on standby based on this policy and those students who are currently in class this year hoping to graduate, I wouldn't put my hope in having a special project option. Gotcha. Beryl Amity, State Representative, thank you for talking with us this morning. Yes, always a pleasure. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Uh, Mike, jo- uh, Mike Johnson, I wish. <laughs> Lewis Johnson, though, Bossier City PIO, going to join us coming up after the break, give us, giving us a, an update on the Bossier water situation. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710keel.com. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Yesterday, we reported that uh, Bossier Water had an uh, Bossier City had a water outage affecting most of the city, either out or low water pressure. Uh, we spoke with Lewis Johnson, Bozier PIO. He's on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with us this morning, giving us an update. Lewis, good morning, sir. Good morning. Is water restored in Bozier? Absolutely. It is restored and has been since around noon on yesterday. But a boil advisory is in effect. Is that, That's not citywide, though. Ex- explain who needs to be boiling their water today. Um, it, it, there is a board advisory in effect, and it would be those people that were affected by the low pressure or loss of water on yesterday, and the areas have been identified as relates to areas of Shed Road, um, Airline, um, and East Texas. So those neighborhoods that were affected on yesterday um, are the ones who are advised to boil their water. Now the pressure is back up to 100% for most? That is correct. And do we know the how bad the, the water main break was, what caused it, anything about the, the damage and what happened? We do not know what caused it. Um, of course, it was a large water main break, so um, it was extensive in that respect, but we have not identified what has caused it. So what uh, the engineers are doing is that they're taking the part of the um, piping or the part of the system that was breached and they're going to examine it with an attempt to uh, uh, establish what caused the break. But at this point, we do not know. But they made the repairs and put in new piping there. But the system has to, uh, and Lewis, you not know, I don't speak this language, and you may not either. They have to flush it out. That's kind of why the boil advisory is in place, because there may be some contaminants still in the, in the line. Yes, and that's, um, that is a very, um, that is the, the process anytime a system is delayed or breached or had cleaning for any reason at all. It's really more of a uh, formality, or should I say it's more of a safety precaution more than anything else. So once um, there has been a break, in case there's been any contaminants in the system, that system is then flushed, and we recommend that boiling after that. So, Lewis, the, the boiling effect, boil effect uh, or boil advisory is in effect for those certain areas only. How long do you expect that to be in effect? The process is that once the repair is made, um, a water sample is then sent off in order to be tested. That is normally a 24-hour process. So it's very safe to say that the boil effect will be in effect until 
possibly uh, before noon on tomorrow. Is there any discoloration or odor with the water now as a result or following this water main break? Um, no, there's no discoloration. There are no concerns uh, in that respect. The problem was simply that there was a break in the pipe in the system. So once okay. it was repaired, any concerns beyond that was taken care of at that time. So no, there's no discoloration. There are no concerns with the water in that regard. And we understand only Bipsy had to close because of uh, lack of water. All the other schools were fine, correct? Yes, Bossier Parish uh, was made aware early on about the process, and they did a contingency plan that they had in place, and they felt that they could operate uh, throughout the day without closing. So, yes, Bipsy was the only um, school yesterday that closed. And this is a boil advisory, not a boil order. Is that correct? You don't really know, There's no real issue with the water. This is just a precautionary measure? That is correct. Um, it, that is declared by our, direct, our director of our water system. And um, so he declared it on yesterday, but it is an advisory. It is not an order, but at the same time, it is highly recommended. And that's just for water you plan to drink or cook with. I mean, you can still wash your, you can wash your clothes now, wash your car and all that. All that's good. All, all that good stuff. Yes, you can. Okay. The mayor's prayer breakfast is this morning. You're about to go in and um, tell him hello and please pray for us. We'll do that and we'll do it in Jesus' name. You bet. Be encouraged. Thank Amen. you. Lewis, Lewis Johnson, PIO for uh, the city of Bossier City. We thank you for your time this morning. Thanks for taking a moment to talk with us. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You bet. You too. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarthy. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I went out last night with some friends, oh, it was, and a, it and, was... a, and a friend brought me a cupcake that had a candy corn on it. <laughs> so I had my first candy corn of the season. You're so a yummy. candy corn fan. Right? I love them. I love candy corn, and I haven't had any this year. And she heard me talking about it, so she brought me a candy corn cupcake, which was yummy. Mix it yummy. with uh, dry roasted peanuts, and it's awesome. I need to I do, do that. I do like it there. Just eating candy corn, not a, not a huge fan. And I didn't go to the grocery store to look for some, but I did talk about my uh, Billy recipe with the group that I was with last night, and they said it sounds yummy. Billy recipe. And if you don't know about Billy... It is going to be this weekend's project. It is going to be chili, but the meat base in the chili was not going to be ground beef or sausage or anything. It's going to be bacon. The meat is going to be bacon, and then it's going to have the black beans. Is that beans. going to be substantial enough? To well, it's going to be three pounds of bacon, one of those big packs, right? The thick right. packs. But you're going to you chop you're gonna it up. Put it in a food processor, and well, no, I'll just or I'll chop it up. Okay. I'll chop it up yeah. and make it kind of you know little bitty pieces of bacon, and then I'll fry it up. I'm going to drain it because it's going to be too, way too much grease. I'll leave a little bit of grease because Lord knows chili got to have some grease. <laughs> we all know that. Yes, yes. So I may get y'all to guinea pig it on Monday. I may. Oh, I may. Hell, I mean, <laughs> yes, please. And yeah. Because I'm, I'm thinking it sounds yummy. 
And I don't understand why nobody's tried it yet that I know of. Nobody can send me a recipe saying, yes, you can get it at, you know. But, you know, that brings up another another debate. Chili, beans, yes or no? I'm either. I'm either or. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to put black beans in this just because I want to give it a little substance because I know the bacon won't be quite the substance that ground beef would be. But I, And I'm thinking I may mix it half bacon, half ground beef. I'm thinking I may do two different batches and we'll see, you know, which one's better. But I got to go get my jalapenos and all, you know, all mm-hmm. my stuff that goes in it. So I'm see, I gotta sounding make some, darn good. Our, fa- our family does uh, what's called Birdwell beans. And that's named after a colonel who was a friend of my grandfather's when, okay. when my grandfather was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, Colonel Birdwell, and that's why we call him Birdwell Beans. And, okay. Oh, Aaron, so good. What is it? What's in it's it? Just, it's just, uh, you know, two or three different kinds of beans and, 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 and meat and, you know, okay. peppers and bell peppers. And, oh, uh, yeah. just, Okay. Onions is just in. That's not too bad for you. That really isn't. So good. I got to make a batch. Throw some bacon in there. Now you're talking. (laughs) Get some grease. Get some grease up in there. there (laughs) I'm thinking Billy sounds pretty good. Billy. No, no, don't call it Billy. When you say Billy, you know what I think of? And and people aren't going to get the reference probably. Jimmy Carter's brother. Oh, yeah, you're right. Billy Beer. Remember maybe that? It's, maybe it's... That's what I think of when, I, when, you, when you say Billy. Maybe it's Bakeilly. Bakeilly. <laughs> maybe that'll it, be it. Don't you, here's, an, here's an idea. Bacon chili. Oh, get out of here. How about a dumb idea? That's a dumb idea. <laughs> 7FM, 710-Kio. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Oh, Aaron, I told you, I, I went home yesterday. I just kind of a sinus, I think it's a just sinus pressure. I don't think it's actually a full-blown sinus infection. Uh, but I, I went home after I left here. Normally, I go to my studio at Channel 3 and work throughout the afternoon. But yesterday, I just went home mm. and slept. And I think that did a world of good. But we were watching the news last night. And just one comment in the news almost set me a blaze. Oh no. They they were talking about the increased terror threat within the United States now because of all of the unrest going on in the Middle East. The war that's going on uh, against Hamas, Israel is now in Gaza. Uh and and the lunacy that's taking place in the United States. You know, I when 9/11 happened and Al-Qaeda attacked our country. Sure. Did did Israel go to President Bush and say, hey, look, don't go, don't, don't, don't attack. Mm-mm. Don't go into the, don't go into Afghanistan. Don't, Mm-mm. don't, Mm-mm. No, I don't think they did. No, they didn't. But for some reason, we feel it's okay to tell Israel how to, Retaliate. People seem to want to forget that October 7th happened. Was it October 7th when Hamas attacked Israel? Right. 
and exactly. killed like 1,500 people? They were the instigators, no doubt about it. They no doubt about it. brutally mm-hmm. attacked Israel. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be brought up by all these protesters. No, not at all. So Israel is now retaliating. Mm-hmm. As we did against Al-Qaeda. But, but in the, the, so they're talking about the increased terror threat on U.S. soil. And they, and they just, it, and it was almost like an offhand comment. And the, the comment was, the White House says we don't know who is in our country. And I almost jumped out of my chair. Oh. I said, no, we don't know who's in our country. Exactly. Because you haven't secured the border, mm-hmm. White House. Not even close to securing the border. You have an border. open border. There's no, there's no vetting. There's no policy of people coming over. God, yeah. we, we know they've, they've admitted to like 175 terrorists on the terror watch list mm-hmm. that are in our country. Yes. That came across unimpeded, probably carrying weapons mm-hmm. into our country. Mayorkas also admitted to a Senate panel this week that 600,000 illegal gotaways have made their way into the U.S. that probably shouldn't have been allowed in. 600,000. And like you mentioned, the ones that are on the terror list are closing in on 200. That's what they're admitting. Right. 19 19 Al-Qaeda members executed the 9-11 attack on America, hijacked planes and attacked our country, killing over 3,000 Americans. Mm. 19. Yeah. And we know of almost 200 in our country. That, that are here now. Sleeper they're, cells are here. They're in the U.S. They're on the terror watch list. Um, and, and they're now you, here. And all you protesters defending Hamas, do you think they give one rat's iota about you? Do you mm-hmm. think they wouldn't slit your throat in a heartbeat? Exactly. That we're not even talking about the other problem with this. If we now know there's about 200 on the terror watch list that got into the country, do you know what we do with folks on the terror watch list? We watch them. We track them. We follow them. We spend federal money well, yeah. keeping track of where these people are. And we keep a close. That is 200 people now that we are having to spend federal efforts to keep a close eye on and investigate and track and monitor. All of a sudden, you dump that on. I don't know if it's the FBI. I don't know what agency, the CIA. Who, who, who's tracking these folks? All of a sudden... Now you got 200 more people that are high threats mm-hmm. that you got to keep a keep a close handle on. And or or did they already get off into the system and we don't have a clue where they are? I would imagine we track them. I hope if we know who they are, I'm hoping we can track them. But do we have better things to do with our federal investigatory money than we let these people in and now we got to Keep track of them. Oh, yeah. We, we go after parents oh. that are protesting at school board meetings about, uh, you know, pornography being displayed to their children. You know, those mm. are domestic terrorists. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, we got to yeah, take care of them. We're going after them. We're going after uh, 
those MAGA Republican Trump supporters that are a threat to our democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But actual terrorists from the Middle East, we just let them roam free across our country. We let them in. If we don't... Yeah. Aaron, this border security issue is is huge. And I, now... I, and, and, and don't hear me saying... Don't let people into our country. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not what we're saying. No. My heritage is from Europe. It's from England and Ireland and Scotland. That's, my, you know, it's not here. I'm not indigenous. I'm going to give you something to laugh about when we're talking about this. Please because do. Because now the mayors of, you ready? The mayors of Chicago, Denver, Houston, Los Angeles, and New York are pushing for a meeting with the president about the migrants who are arriving in their cities. <laughs> Told you oh, you'd laugh. Really? They want to discuss Did getting... Did they ask Governor Abbott to attend this meeting? I don't know if the governor's going to be there. It's going to be mayors of these cities. They want to talk about getting federal help to deal with the problem this is causing in their cities. Democratic mayors all, I believe. I may be wrong, but I think... Help us. We need more federal money to help with these immigrants that are now in our cities. They're overrunning our cities. Come help us, Joe. Okay. They need federal money. Federal money. Federal funding. You mm-hmm. know where that comes from? It doesn't come from the government. No, Joe's Aaron. not, Joe's not pulling it out of his pocket. No, here, here it, our wallet, that's where it comes from. When you, when you say federal money, federal funding, right. that sounds so benign and help. No. Mm-hmm. If, you're, li- if you're listening us, to us. They want your money to pay for this. They want your money to go take care of the immigration problems they're having in these big cities. And these are just a few of the ones that are mentioned. All of the big cities are now dealing with an immigration crisis. Come to our country. Come to our country legally. Mm-hmm. Become productive, tax-paying citizens. Be follow contributing members of society. Yep, follow Don't the rules. Don't come here and ask for all the free crap you can get. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Now you yeah. see, look what you did. <laughs> Pibbed you up. <sighs> there are reporters here from across the country in these major cities, in these major news outlets, and we know where they lean. Uh, <laughs> Bayrat says, I could sure use a mean tweet. <laughs> uh, but they're trying to dig up dirt on Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. We'll talk with uh, Scott Hughes coming up after the news. 101. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, if you haven't downloaded the free Keel app, that's how you connect with us on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. You can listen all across the globe mm-hmm. on that Kiel lab. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> we get important messages mm-hmm. on the Kiel message, the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Like when you were talking about chili. Yes. And uh, BL says, add sausage with the bacon for more substance. Ooh, I could put some down home in there. Down home sausage. That'd be kind of good, wouldn't it? I'm getting ready to order all my stuff so I can make the chili. So I'm going to do it. It's going to be, if you haven't heard, it's going to be chili where the meat is, instead of ground beef, it's going to be 
bacon. I, why has no one invented that yet? I have to think there's okay. I have to think that that it's that's not an original idea. It can't be an. It cannot be. I'm thinking is the bacon because you're going to slow cook the chili, you know, over time. So are you going to overcook the bacon when it stays Look, heating first, up? All- first search. Five strips, uncooked bacon, chop, one large yellow onion, one red pepper. Here's a recipe for best chili recipe. Bacon. No, I'm talking about three pounds of chili, well, not five go. bacon strips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the bulk of the chili is going to be bacon. Betty Crocker has a slow cooker bacon chili recipe. Okay. Who's Betty Crocker? She doesn't know nothing. No, she's a, I think she lives in, in uh, Old who is, City. Who is that? Yeah. She, you know, she lives up in north, north town. Yeah. And her recipe calls for one pound of bacon chopped. But then she also adds a pound of ground beef. Nope, just bacon. Yeah. Just bacon. So they're see, adding, Betty don't know nothing. See, they're adding bacon to uh, supplement a, a, another chili. I want it to be bacon chili. ARS Technica says chili with bacon? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Add reserved bacon and browned beef. So they're adding bacon nope. to it. Nope. Just bacon. World's bacon. best chili with bacon. Ground beef and add some bacon. Best homemade chili with bacon. Ground beef, beans, yep. no, and the, the perfect blend of spices. I got I got the spices. I know what I'm doing. I know <laughs> what I'm doing on chili now. Now and, and I yeah. And I don't even like to put it over rice. I just want chili. No, just hell plain no. old chili. No. My mama used to Who serve puts it over chili rice. Over rice. My mother. I think it was because she had six children and she's trying to well, make you it spread. Make it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> so no she, kidding. She put it over rice. I know some people put chili over a baked potato. No, no, I don't want that. I okay. want chili. We were in, I think it was Ohio. And when we were there for uh, Micah's, uh, they were swimming. It was national championships. We went to, you got to go try this skyline chili. I've you heard try about that. This yeah. Skyline. They serve chili over spaghetti. Yeah, that's no, not interesting. Now, I can't say I hated it, but who'd ever thought chili over spaghetti? Mm-mm. No, yuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's not happening. But bacon chili is happening. I'm now, working you, on you it. You promised Reuben and I both. You yes. promised that we're going to get some. I'll bring you a little Tupperware. I'm going to make some it. Birdwell beans this weekend. All right, good. I got to get. I got to pick up the ingredients, mm-hmm. and I'll bring you some Birdwell beans. Deal. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Deal. Uh, Scott Hughes joining us just after the local news, uh, after the top of the hour. A lot of reporters are in town looking up dirt on Mike Johnson, our Speaker of the House. Uh, our advice: don't even talk to them. We'll mm-hmm. see what he says next. One. Hey. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Junk Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Uh, Shreveport political analyst Scott Hughes. Uh, there are a lot of reporters in Shreveport Bossier right now trying to dig up dirt on our new Speaker of the House. Scott, have you been contacted by anybody yet? I have, Mike, received a few phone calls. Um, apparently, the Independence Bowl is our number one attraction. Mardi Gras number two. And Mike Johnson being elected speaker is our third most tourism attraction right now. Mm, wow. 
Wow. I had a friend of mine call me earlier this week saying he, he, he had a message from a reporter from New York saying, please call me back. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to call this guy back. It's, um, it, it's, it's been quite a ride. Um, you know, the, the day that Mike, that Mike Johnson, who we all know, and <clears throat> as our, as our local congressman and as former state representative and local attorney, the day he got picked as speaker, um, the number one Googled phrase that day in the country was who is Mike Johnson? Because um, the headline read Mike Johnson, Louisiana congressman from Shreveport, elected speaker of the House. And people Googled who is Mike Johnson? I think in Louisiana, as the joke goes, the number one Googled phrase was where is Shreveport? So I think mm. you put those two things together and people are trying to figure out who is Mike Johnson. And really, even though people probably have heard the name Shreveport before Northwest Louisiana, they don't know a lot about it. So you're seeing really um, two different kinds of reporters coming in, doing two different kinds of research. I think a lot are doing kinds of research on Shreveport, Northwest Louisiana. They want to understand Mike's background. They want to understand what drives him. Um, and, of course, he has a very strong um, conservative, a very strong spiritual approach to what he does. And they're trying to understand that. They don't understand the Bible Belt. Um, and Shreveport's long been described as the buckle of the Bible Belt. Scott, let me read you these headlines so you can – I think they're going too far in some uh, of these cases. I'll see them, but let, let, let's do this. I've, let's got, do I've got them all. I'm going to do three of them because it's, it's not just after Mike. These are going after his wife, Okay. Quote from Vanity Fair, the headline, Mike Johnson's wife founded a company that equates being gay with bestiality. Number two from Insider, Kelly Johnson specializes in Christian counseling based on ancient teachings. Three from Pink News, Mike Johnson's wife's company compared homosexuality to incest. I could go on and on and on. They are going after the wife. They're going after Mike. Will this end? Will this keep going on as long as he is speaker? Um, it, it will keep going on as long as he is speaker. I mean, to, to put this in perspective, and I'm not certainly defending any attacks against Kelly Johnson. I think all attacks against any politician's family are reprehensible. Let me say that up front. And, mm -hmm. I, and you and I do politics, Aaron, and Mike, you, you, you do it with us. Um, you know, I've been doing politics a long time. I, in many ways, in my world, the politicians always that they're out there, they ran, they're making statements. They should be held accountable for those statements and policies. I agree. To go after family is to go after family. I think is always a step too far. The family didn't ask for this. Mm -hmm. um, but what you're seeing, and you read, you read three. Well, I, my, my radio air quotes publications. Those are, those are more fringe publications. I was looking at, and I'll read you some that they're not quite as hitting on Kelly. But they're national headlines. The Washington Post ran a ran a story on Sunday that led House Speaker Mike Johnson's Louisiana hometown guided by faith and family. And that sounds nice. And then you read the very first line in the paragraph, and it says, in this small town masquerading as a city. And then it goes on to describe um, Shreveport oh, wow. Bossier and, and what we're about. And then there was one that came out yesterday in the, the New York Times that says, I grew up in Mike Johnson's district where kindness can mask cruelty. And it's by a gentleman, James Blow, who actually used to write for the Times, I think, several decades ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the Shreveport Times. And now he writes for the New York Times. And so you're really seeing two approaches. Um, but that second one, Aaron, is really, um, I, I think it's fair for reporters to come in and say, hey, how was Mike raised? What role did the church play in his upbringing? Because clearly he's, he's holding a Bible up and promoting that. We want to understand 
his theology, the way he, he his worldview. I think that's fair. We want to understand the politics that got Mike Johnson here. Because if you're really honest, um, Mike's really only run, in, in my opinion, as a political analyst, one significant race. He basically walked into the House in a special election, um, the House of Representatives, and then he ran in, He ran when John Fleming resigned the, the, the House seat to run for Senate, he ran in a race against Marshall Jones and Oliver Jenkins, and I think Trey Baca was in that race and a few others. That was his one significant race where he had to kind of finish in second place to then win. Everything else has been kind of an easy glide for him. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's Speaker of the House, and no one, and I use the word vetted carefully here, no one's ever vetted him from a national standpoint. So that's what you're seeing now. And you're seeing, and I, and I really don't on, the, on, on air want to give you the credibility to some of the allegations being made, but you're seeing not just attacks on Kelly, you're seeing attacks on his family, you're seeing questions of what is his family, you're seeing attacks on his finances. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's going to be a deep dive into who Mike Johnson is. But these reporters you mentioned that say, look, we want to understand how the faith has led him. We want to understand how he would. They're not looking at this from an unbiased opinion. No, they're, 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 they're not, Mike. They ever, every, I always like to say, nobody looks at anything from an unbiased opinion. We all have, a, we all have our bias. Some of us have less of a bias than others. Um, but we all have a bias. And these reporters certainly have a bias. But I think what they're looking at it from is there's a big difference, um, and we'll just take Congress. There's a big difference when you serve in Congress and you're what they refer to in Washington as a backbencher. And that's not a negative term. That means someone that, that goes, they represent their district, they don't get in the limelight, they do their business quietly, um, they take care of their district, and they're true, and, and they often have their their values and their issues. When you step up to leadership, it's a different deal. And like we're going to see that play out today. I think today on the floor, you're going to see one of the significant first bills hit the floor, the, um, the Israeli funding. Um, and so people, generally Congress as a whole, that's a fairly easy vote. Do we want to, do we want to help our best ally in the Middle East? We're not getting into the conflict. This is a, a vote. Do we want to help Israel? That's always been a yes in Congress, both sides of the aisle. And so today we're going to see two things. We're going to see politics. Politics is Let's split the issue or bifurcate. I love Mike. I love his use of the language. He says, let's bifurcate the the issues that separate Ukraine and Israel funding. Well, that's politics. They want a separate vote on each one. But now because of policy, you're going to see them try to tie Israel funding to cutting the IRS, which in theory has nothing to do with Israel. That's a Republican longstanding dream. And so they are going to try to tie those together. And that creates bad politics. And as the speaker, Mike is, Mike is pushing that bill, I would argue, to 100% placate his party, which is, in theory, his job as Speaker of the House. But that bill's a non-starter, very likely, in the, in, over across in the Senate and at the White House. And so that's the balance that Mike's trying to walk in Washington. Where does his upbringing, his faith, his conservatism, they want to understand how deeply rooted he is in that, because it's going to play out in D.C., Whereas a Kevin McCarthy, who um, different different person, different politician, he more easily would make any deal to see the deal succeed rather than stand by the principle. Mike's a principled man, and they're mm-hmm. trying to understand that. That sounds funny to say. I well, I I would almost disagree with your use of the word understand uh, because in a lot of their in their eyes, you know, he's got two strikes against him. Uh, he's he's you know he's a Christian. He's an unabashed man of faith, and he's, you know, he's from the South. 
Obama called us what? Bible clutching or Bible thumping, gun clutching, you know, people from the South. Jesse Waters said, I don't know who this man is. That was Hillary, Mike, that said that. I want to read but, you Paul Pelosi. Let me read you some Paul Pelosi headlines. Well, let me finish. Jesse yeah. Waters, when he said Michael John, I don't know who this guy is, and he's from, while rolling his eyes, Louisiana. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing but gumbo, that, anything good has ever come out of Louisiana. Yeah, that that one, the, the Jesse Waters comment, that one was interesting because that's Fox News, and I think Mike has done... Mike, if you look at his media representation so far, he's been he's been very dominant toward the conservative media, Fox News. No surprise there. Um, even last night, I think they had a very unusual town hall meeting where Mike was interviewed and the audience was the other members of the Republican. Yes, caucus. Sean Hannity so I, I had him. And even yes, Sean really Hannity made the comment last night. Sean Hannity said, you guys did well. I like this guy. Once you talk to him and, and know who he is, you see he's the right man for the job. Well, and, 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 I, and, and being an analyst, I would argue he's the right man for the Republicans for the job. And that's what you're seeing, the Hannity, the Hannity um, appearances. Um, and, but he's not doing other news media. He's never been interviewed by the other news. He may not want to. And, mm-hmm. again, that's his call. But, but, well, but one thing about Aaron, and, and not to put it in perspective, I think y'all keep trying to get on a sheriff's candidate who won't come to your radio station. Sure. Okay? And so, by inference, when he won't come to your radio station... And I listen, let's be fair. Every day we're going to go another step implying why won't he come? Why won't he come? What's he hiding? What doesn't he want to answer? And the national media does the same thing. Every day that Mike goes another day and doesn't sit down with the Washington Post or the New York Times or any any of the other dot whatever news organizations. And I'm not talking some of the ones you read. They're at the Salon and Huffington Post. Yeah, and sure. There's all those on the fringe that are going to do what they do. But, but let me read you these headlines about. when Paul Pelosi became the husband of the speaker. Okay. Which which just says it's just they just are, he was born and raised in San Francisco. He founded the venture capital firm Financial Leasing. Paul Pelosi once owned a United Football League team. None of the background, n- none of the DUI stuff. Now, now that may have been after she was already speaker, but it, they don't they didn't go hard on him at all. Is was is is it just lopsided or am I making it that? Well, oh, of course it, 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 it is. I, I think to be to be fair, it is a little lopsided. But the, the, the things I will say right now is all of those things were known. Those were facts they could undercover. I think the biggest concern they have with Mike, to be honest, is two things. Number one, a lot of his background is a blank sheet of paper. They don't have a lot of his background. If you start going through his background, there's not a lot of he worked here and did this. I mean, he works for he worked for a Christian defense law firm. We know that. But there's not a lot of history there. They can't find a lot of financial records. I'm not saying there's anything to look for, but I mean, be clear. I'm not making any accusations. But when you're them and you start looking, all they keep running into is a lot of questions. And then the second part, and Mike, Mike, this is where you were, I think, headed, and, and, and I agree with you. The thing you immediately run into when you look at Mike Johnson is his, is his faith. And, it, and it's true. He is, he is a believer. He doesn't hide from it. He leads with his faith. And I think when you look at D.C., when you look at it, this is what an argument we're going to have in the coming months, you know, particularly now with Johnson is there are many in Washington that go separation of church and state. We've all heard that since, we, you know, grade school civics classes, social studies, separation of church and state. And what they see in Mike Johnson is not separation of church and state. They see wrapping of church and state. They see they see 
theocracy, to use mm. a, a, a governmental term. And, and I think that's what they're really trying to figure out. Is he going to lead the House as a theocracy, basically bringing his faith um, to, to the forefront and leading with that? Um, that's different than being a religious person. We've had a lot of religious people. Um, Jimmy Carter was very religious. Lots of people were very religious in what they did, but they still had to run the government in terms of separation of church and state. I really think that's where they're trying to go. And yes, I, to be fair, there is a hundred percent bias, I think, against highly religious people in elective office because of that longstanding, um, I guess, premise of government separation of church and state. Yep. Thank it, you, Scott. It's seen as a lack of intelligence, mm -hmm. and that's a very sad perception of it. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate hey. your time. Anytime, y'all. Mm -hmm. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and To the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. You know, a lot of people have this separation of church and state backwards. Mm -hmm. It's not, it doesn't mean Christians should not be involved in government. The, the entire intent and purpose was government was not to uh, inflict its, you know, its view of religion and force you to follow like the Church of England. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not that yeah. men like Mike Johnson shouldn't be involved in government. Right. Our buddy Jim Bob says, uh, MAGA Mike better grow a pair and put on his MAGA britches. He's got them on, I promise you. Oh, yeah. I'm He's not got worried. them on. I'm not worried about not Mike. I'm worried about Mike's britches. Sorry. 1017 FM. Let's take a look at news next. 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. <laughs> I hadn't even I just, been to this restaurant yet, and I did, I went by there the other day, and it was lunchtime, and there was nobody in the lot, and so I want to know if it's closed already. Um, right there at seventieth and East Kings, um, Hunter Crab seventieth and East seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. It used to be like a, a sizzling steakhouse yeah. or something years and years ago. But it's most recently Hunter Crab. It was a pizza joint before this. Yeah, it was Yeah, some mm -hmm. kind of pizza place, I think, locally owned. Has the Hunter Crab place closed already? It's only, it's, it's a year maybe. I don't know. That location, though. You would think that would be a, a, a good location. It's, I mean, it must be cursed. Gibbons is right there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a kind of a row of restaurants yes. right down that, right on that block. Why can't they succeed at that corner? In why, front of, in why front does of that the Crystal fail? Palace Arcade Center. Mm -hmm. Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying attention. Yeah. That, that's one of those locations in town that you think. Man, they have tried so many things there, and they've all not worked. Okay, there's another one. Used to be Clancy's on Uri Drive. Yes, I think yes. Jabez and Jabez was the most recent iteration. I think I think it was a Mexican restaurant at one point. Okay, yeah. Nothing seems to last at that location, and again. That would seem to be an ideal location. It would, right yeah. next to a huge neighborhood, one of the busiest streets in town. Why can't they make it there? 
So it's, there's, I think some of these restaurant buildings are cursed. There's one in, near Shreve City across from Super One. Um, there's, I'm not sure what restaurant's in it now, but it's been something over. And it used to be an old steak and ale years and years ago. And now I'm not sure Are you what talking it about is. the Mexican restaurant there? It's it not. A Chinese, it was a Chinese restaurant. Is that the one you're talking about? The old uh, 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 T.S. Lobster? Might location? have, yes. Because the, the, now the rest, that Mexican place, it's been hanging on L, L one of those. No, not that one. Oh, not no, that one. not that one. Further down where it was a steak and ale. And it's a. Oh, Yes, and it it's a, it was a it's a gray building. Evie's was in there at one point. That's right. There, there yes. been, there's something in there now. Yes, um, that I went and tried, and it was good. It wasn't exceptional, so I hadn't really been back. The one on East Seventieth that was Savoy's. El oh, Patrio's yeah. in there now, and I'm, but, but but that that's, seemed to be cursed. Yeah, that's that's been a lot. You know, some of it might be somebody didn't do their market research. Okay, you know. And Are there also, some like look, that in Mosier? Like you had an experience, you went in and you said it's not that great. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to get a lot of chances with people. Right. People will try if something once. If your quality once, yeah. is not there. And, 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 and if a restaurant opens up and it's new, you got to give them time to get yes. their staff together. Yes. Oh, it took me 20 minutes just to get a glass of tea. Mm -hmm. like, right. You know, they're, they're, if they're brand new, you got to give them time to to get an understanding and get their staff going. Is there such a thing as cursed locations, though? And are there any in Bossier that just can't seem to keep something in there? I Is, was trying to think. There's one on Barksdale Boulevard uh, down south that's been, I forget the location. That but teddy bear sandwich den? That has Is been that, a few things. They've tried a few things in there. Is that open right now? Is it something? I don't know, a, but they've tried USA a few. Cafe, I think, was the latest. Is that still open? I don't even know. I don't know. know. I haven't been in there. Yeah, there are time, locations that just doesn't ever seem to work. They just seem cursed, and I don't understand it. What are the other cursed restaurant locations in town? Send us a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. I'm trying to think. Um, out here in West Shreveport, Pines Road area, we've had a few. There was a, a steak joint over there uh, on Greenwood Road that's changed into a couple of things over the years. But that that one on Uri Drive, the old Clancy's, is probably the... that's that, To me, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. The number one because cursed Hickory restaurant. Stick, just a block up the road, they've been there for 30 years or and more. And seem to be doing great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yero, Yero down the road. Right do, across the street. Doing great. Yeah. yeah. So what is it? Is it that location? Is it just cursed? Do is people go, oh, this building is nasty? I don't know. I don't. It was clean the last time I ate there. Right. God oh, knows I, what I'm kind of food it was then. I don't to know. figure it out. Yeah. No clue. Shreveport uh, or Bossier City had water issues yesterday. Are they cleared up? We'll talk with Lewis Johnson, PIO from Bossier City next. Mike and McCarty. 101.7 FM, 710keel.com. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Yesterday, we reported that uh, Bossier Water had an uh, Bossier City had a water outage affecting most of the city, either out or low water pressure. Uh, we spoke with Lewis Johnson, Bossier PIO. He's on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with us this morning, giving us an update. Lewis, good morning, sir. Good morning. Is water restored in Bossier? 
Absolutely, it is restored and has been since around noon on yesterday. But a boil advisory is in effect. Is that that's not citywide though? Ex- explain who needs to be boiling their water today. Um, it, it, there is a boil advisory in effect, and it would be those people that were affected by the low pressure or loss of water on yesterday, and the areas have been identified as relates to areas of Shed Road, um, Airline, um, and East Texas. So those neighborhoods that were affected on yesterday um, are the ones who are advised to boil their water. Now the pressure is back up to 100% for most? That is correct. And do we know the how bad the, the water main break was, what caused it, anything about the, the damage and what happened? We do not know what caused it. Um, of course, it was a large water main break, so um, it was extensive in that respect, but we have not identified what has caused it. So what uh, the engineers are doing is that they're taking the part of the um, piping or the part of the system that was breached and they're going to examine it with an attempt to uh, uh, establish what caused the break. But at this point, we do not know. But they made the repairs and put in new piping there. But the system has to, uh, and Lewis, you not know, I don't speak this language, and you may not either. They have to flush it out. That's kind of why the boil advisory is in place, because there may be some contaminants still in the in line. Yes, and that's, um, that is a very, um, that is the, the process anytime a system is delayed or breached or had cleaning for any reason at all. It's really more of a uh, formality, or should I say it's more of a safety precaution more than anything else. So once um, there has been a break, in case there's been any contaminants in the system, that system is then flushed, and we recommend that boiling after that. So, Lewis, the, the boiling effect, boil effect uh, or boil advisory is in effect for those certain areas only. How long do you expect that to be in effect? The process is that once the repair is made, um, a water sample is then sent off in order to be tested. That is normally a 24-hour process. So it's very safe to say that the boil effect will be in effect until possibly uh, before noon on tomorrow. Is there any discoloration or odor with the water now as a result or following this water main break? Um, no, there's no discoloration. There are no concerns uh, in that respect. The problem was simply that there was a break in the pipe in the system. So once it was repaired, any concerns beyond that was taken care of at that time. So no, there's no discoloration. There are no concerns with the water in that regard. And we understand only Bipsy had to close because of uh, lack of water. All the other schools were fine, correct? Yes, Bossier Parish uh, was made aware early on about the process, and they did a contingency plan that they had in place, and they felt that they could operate uh, throughout the day without closing. So yes, Bipsy was the only... Um, school yesterday that closed and this is a boil advisory not a boil order is that correct you don't really know there's no real issue with the water this is just a precautionary measure that is correct um if that is declared by our direct our director of our water system and um so he declared it on yesterday but it is an advisory it is not an order but at the same time it is highly recommended and that's just for water you plan to drink or cook with. I mean, you can still wash your you can wash your clothes now, wash your car, and all that. All that's good. All, all that good stuff. Yes, you can. Okay. The mayor's prayer breakfast is this morning. You're about to go in and um, tell him hello and please pray for us. 
We'll do that, and we'll do it in Jesus' name. You bet. Be encouraged. Thank Amen. you, Lewis Johnson, PIO for uh, the city of Bossier City. We thank you for your time this morning. Thanks for taking a moment to talk with us. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You bet. You too. 1017 FM 710. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Watch out, wasn't. my mic was on. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. You didn't hear me. <laughs> I hope not. Careful <laughs> 101.7 FM. 710-Keel, Mike and McCarty. Oh, boy. Uh, big weekend coming up. Yeah? Big, oh, yeah. LSU traveling oh. to Alabama. Oh, that. That little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little thing. I got a good feeling about this. I may be completely wrong. I need to add to my grocery order because I need to get the sausage ball stuff too. I'm making Birdwell beans. Okay. I'm going to make Birdwell beans this weekend. I think my wife's working today, so uh, I need to get ingredients. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make my Billy. (laughs) No, I refuse to call it that. You don't want to call it Billy? No. Bacon chili is not going to be called Billy. (laughs) I'm not doing it. I don't know why. I, I, there's no Billy that I don't like. There's nobody, no no guy. Chillicon. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Chillicon. I, you know, every time when I'm looking for bacon chili recipes online, there's people who add bacon to their chili, but it's also got ground beef or right. something. Or, or, yeah, or some uh, lady named Betty Crocker or yeah, had some, a bacon chili recipe, but it was just adding bacon to existing chili. It's Betty Crocker. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what does she know? When are they going to cancel Betty Crocker? Exactly. Next like year, they say, did Uncle Ben yeah, and, and canceled Aunt Jemima. <laughs> Paula Dean canceled. Yeah, Paula Dean. Absolutely. Is Martha Stewart canceled yet? No, she smokes weed with, with what's the his name? Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. She's good. They gave me a bottle of Snoop Dogg wine. Did last they? Last year as a joke at Christmas. Oh, wow. I broke it. Why? Do I have to explain? You could have drank it. It Lord knows what was in it. <laughs> yeah, no. Reuben is about to hit you. No, but <laughs> don't diss my uncle Snoop, all right? <laughs> That's my uncle over here. Oh, not a fan. Oh, not a my fan. Yeah. yeah. But Martha Stewart doesn't talk about bacon chili. She you know, I'm I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna, it's gonna be delicious too, I promise. Now, I'm going to be uh, at, at a remote, we're talking like this is Friday, mm-hmm. uh, at uh, Ellis Pottery. Oh, cool. On Saturday. Very love cool. Love that place. Love, love, love it. Love yes. it. Oh, you're going to have a blast. They, and they give away um, store gift certificates during yes. that remote. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. Ellis Pottery, I'll be out there at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Very cool. Come on, say howdy. Have fun. Are they going to have Christmas trees already? Probably. Wow. Yeah, they probably, wow. yeah. And if you're looking for Christmas stuff... Ooh, that's such the a place. Great store. It is a great store. The old Wine Gardens location. Mm, oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. Wine Gardens. Mm-hmm. Who remembers that? Probably remembers Gibson's. God, remember like, Gibson's? Long time ago. Yes. There was one on Airline, and then there was one out Hearn Avenue. Wow! Wow! Oh man! Yeah, man. we could go off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll make it a great Thursday. Friday Eve, Mike and McCarty, 1017FM, 710keel.com.